the Jesus movement is exploding with growth and the Jewish council takes notice. A man born lame becomes the first miracle of this miraculous church. On The Bible Brief. Pick up your Bible and read along with us today. Learning happens better with a Bible in your hand. The Sanhedrin isn't sure what to do about the Jesus problem. It had only been a few months since the Passover where they killed the leader. But this supreme governing body among the Jews just couldn't seem to put down this movement started by Jesus. Even a few of the priests on the council had been sucked into it. Despite their efforts, it seemed that in trying to snuff out Jesus, they only fanned the flames of this movement among the Jews. The crucifixion was a great success, and they thought that that would be the end of this teacher from Galilee. They thought that, just as many before him, as soon as he was in the grave, the movement would quickly die, and life would go on as before. But this time it was different. This time the movement didn't die. Instead, it blossomed, as if the death of Jesus were merely a comma instead of a period. There was, after all, the issue of the body. Something had happened to it, and it was something that couldn't be true. Surely those soldiers hadn't seen what they thought they'd seen. Many in the Sanhedrin remembered that day, the first day of that week, when Roman soldiers came to them with an unbelievable story. Sure, in their scriptures there were resurrections. It's not like they were ignorant of the people that the prophets Elijah and Elisha had raised from the dead. But this was different. Supposedly no prophet at all had come to raise Jesus from the dead. No, apparently God himself raised Jesus from the dead, and the angels came to announce it. Obviously, a story like this couldn't spread, and the council quickly gave the Roman soldiers money to keep it quiet, and instead spread a different story. They were to tell the people that his disciples came by night and stole his body away while we were asleep. The priests would back up their story, and that would be the end of any resurrection rumors. Or so they thought. Since that Pentecost feast day, 50 days after the resurrection, the church has been growing in Jerusalem. Peter's rousing sermon and witness had affected so many that the church was now thousands of people. Thousands following these 12 apostles and listening intently to their words. These 12 were specifically called out and sent out by Jesus vested with his authority in the early church. They had seen Jesus risen from the dead, and they were to be the foundation of the continuity of his mission on earth. It was through the leadership of these apostles, these sent-out ones, that many of the difficulties of the early church were dealt with. And it was through their teaching that many of the first believers in Jerusalem came to follow Jesus. In fact, in the days following Pentecost, the apostles led the believers in Jerusalem to a great unity of mind and purpose. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching in the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. 
and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It was an amazing and awe-filled time in the Jerusalem church, and the church was growing. But soon, this young church began to face difficult challenges from some of the very same leaders that had condemned Jesus to death only months before. Now, the Sanhedrin council was composed of mostly Sadducees, a party of Jews that didn't believe in bodily resurrection from the dead. And the majority of this council had two problems with the burgeoning church in the city. Their first problem was that they fundamentally disagreed with the basis for the church, the crucified and resurrected Jesus. What they couldn't affirm was a basic of the church, that not only was Jesus resurrected, but that all who believe in him would be resurrected to eternal life at the last day also. The church, then, was all about resurrection from the dead, and the Sadducees on the Sanhedrin wanted to stifle this movement before it could grow any further. So what did these ruling Jews do? Well, they locked up Peter and John before giving them a stern talking to. Earlier that day, the two men headed to the temple to worship, and on the way in, Peter looked at a beggar who had been crippled from birth. And Peter said this to him, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And Peter took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized the man as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for money. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico. Peter then gives a rousing sermon to the listeners, proclaiming that this man was healed by the power of Jesus, and that all who heard needed to have faith in Jesus as well. He says that this Jesus is the prophet spoken about by Moses, the prophet like Moses to whom the people should listen. But as Peter is speaking, some of those Sadducees interrupt him, seize him, and put him and John in custody until the next day, when they would come before the whole Sanhedrin. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem, with Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this miracle? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when these Jewish leaders saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. 
and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish Peter and John, because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. The Sanhedrin council would have to get more clever if they wanted to stop these men in this new community that had sprung up inside of Jerusalem. And you can bet that they would have their eyes and ears on what was going on among this growing church. And grow it did. Nothing seemed to stop it, and the signs and wonders of the apostles only increased after that initial healing. They would often stay in that portico near the temple, and there people, not just from Jerusalem, but from surrounding towns and villages, would come to listen and to be healed. It was an amazing time, and the apostles were doing such works by God's power that it was as if Jesus was right back in the city. People even brought their sick near Peter so that even his shadow might fall on them for healing. But this continually growing movement soon became too much for the Sanhedrin. Verbal threats soon turned into physical violence. First, they tried to put the apostles in prison. But that didn't work. An angelic messenger simply came and unlocked the doors, and the apostles were back preaching in the temple again the next day. Next, they tried to reason with them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name, and yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. The reaction to Peter's speech, however, would escalate things further among the Sanhedrin, because when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, one of those Pharisees who did believe in the resurrection, stood up and gave orders to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to the council, Men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, Theudas rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about four hundred, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. 
you might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice, and when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then the apostles left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ, the Messiah, is Jesus. Jesus had been an annoyance that they thought was dealt with at the crucifixion. His apparent resurrection was a hiccup that only required a little money to keep the Roman soldiers quiet. But this church, this community of believers was becoming something else entirely. It was as if the power of the Sanhedrin was beginning to crumble under their feet. The Sadducees on the council hated Jesus and didn't believe in a future resurrection. The Pharisees on the council did believe in a resurrection, but they hated Jesus all the same. Most of all, however, they loved their power and influence, two things immediately under threat by these uneducated Galileans spreading the message of Jesus. What had been a few dozen had become a multitude of thousands, and what was a potential threat had become a real one. They tried locking them up, they tried giving them a stern talking to, they'd tried beating them, and they would have tried worse were it not for Gamaliel's advice to let it be for now. Things were beginning to heat up, and soon they would reach a new level. Soon the church would just be too big. Soon more than just the apostles would be preaching in the city. And soon one of those students of Gamaliel the Pharisee would begin a campaign. Not a campaign of stern speech, but of sharp swords. The time for tolerance would soon be over, and the time for bloodshed would come. Join us next time as a bold disciple of Jesus becomes the first martyr of the church, and a rising Pharisee becomes the enemy. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023.